Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to the 25th Psalm. We're still uh, in our study about how to be spiritual. And uh, we're going to look at having a fervent spirit tonight and uh, show you the practicality or the expression of a fervent spirit. Uh, so we're going to look at several verses to begin with. First of all, Psalm 25, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. So if you look at verse 1, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So it's the lifting up of the soul that we want to look at and we want to uh, study and emphasize. If you would now turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 17, Exodus 17, and we're going to look, begin reading in verse 8, Exodus 17 and verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Ur uh, stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So notice it's the lifting up of the hands uh, and the lifting up of the soul, not just a physical gesture, not just to do something because somebody else did it um, as a physical posture, but it is a way to lift up the soul. Everything is lifted up uh, from the believer to God. All right, and then if you look at the New Testament, uh, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and we'll start reading in verse 9, just read through verse 11, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without dissimulation, abhor, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So notice he says, not slothful in your business, your activities, 
but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Can we all say, I lift up my soul? I will lift up my soul with a fervent spirit. All right, let's pray. Father, please bless the study. We yield your spirit. Pray that he'd lead us as to what to say, how to say it. And pray that you'd bless your people. Teach us how to pray, how to work, how to serve uh, with the right spirit of uh, fervency and understanding the lifting up of the soul and in some cases, the lifting up of the hands, the feeble knees to thee. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, left out a couple prayer requests. Please pray for John Cox. Uh, Lord would work in his heart, deal with him. And then uh, Brother James may need surgery. He's contemplating what to do. I, for, I forgot on his knee, <clears throat> has a a lingering uh, knee problem, so please pray about that. Um, isn't it uh, interesting that whenever there's something spiritual, it's not just invisible, but it has a quality and also a direction, which are very important, that relate to the nature of uh, the Spirit. So let me give you some examples if you're growing in grace, you are pressing forward and upward. You are growing, coming to maturity. If someone is slipping and backsliding and they're beginning to doubt and they're, they're going the world's way, it always refers to backward, looking back, um, drawing back, turning back. It's the wrong direction. When you think about pride, the spirit of pride, the very word means an upward, outward swelling. So if somebody gets the big head or they get too big for their britches, as we say, um, it's an upward swelling, but it's of self, very selfish, and it is a self-magnification. So somebody who's pride, proud, always lifting up, uh, trying to say, look at me, putting themselves before other people and before the Lord and his uh, work. Then you have humility. Humility is, and it is, it's a shrinking, if you will, and it's a bowing of ourselves before God. A humility from the heart that shrinks. Uh, John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. And then you have what we're talking about tonight, a fervent spirit. So a fervent spirit is one from the port point of origin from the believer as they serve God, as they pray and make their requests made known uh, to the Lord in heaven. It is an extending and reaching upward, not in a proud, arrogant way or a haughty spirit, but it has a humility that reaches up, that extends uh, toward heaven, seeking God and his help. So then came Amalek. When this happened, God in the Old Testament showed us the physical manifestation, this physical posture 
of Moses. He was on top of a hill. They brought a stone for him to set upon. If he raised his hand, they discomfited Amalek, the enemy of God, but his arms got very, very tired. And you know what it's like if you've ever worked over your head. It's very, very painful. Your muscles burn. You know, if you're working on electric or something, you know, over your head and uh, his arms got tired. So then Aaron and her came. They stayed up one hand on one side, one on the other. And as long as his hands were lifted up to heaven with this uh, fervency, God fought and won the battle for Israel. So we know, according to Romans 1.9, we've covered this. <laughs> Paul said, I serve God with my spirit. Little less. Now, this isn't the Holy Spirit of God. We are made in the image of God, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. We are a body and a soul and a spirit made in the image of the Godhead. But we serve God, not with our flesh, not with our soul, with our spirit. And we have free will to decide what type of spirit will we serve God will, with. Will it be dry, dusty, stale? Will it be very complacent? Uh, or will it be hot and fiery and zealous to serve God and lifting up to God, realizing that pleases Him. It says that our prayers are like incense, sweet-smelling incense that ascends up uh, before the throne of God and is very pleasing um, in His nostrils. So the Spirit gets results. So think about it. Our body is here tonight. Our soul is the true self it's the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. The soul has free will, volition to make decisions, and the soul decides what quality of a spirit you will live your life and what quality of the spirit you will serve God. And God wants us to have fervency. Fervency. Now, this word means to be hot or to boil. And it means to be true and honest and loyal to ourselves and to God. And it means a zealous, um, intense love for God and a jealousy uh, like a husband has for uh, his wife that anything against God is going to fire you up. Anything in the world, anything that comes into your life, you're going to have a fervency. And this fervency, just like if you boil water and uh, the water begins to evaporate, condensation takes place, it begins to ascend upward. This is what fervency means, to extend by intent. So what is the intent? Your soul, free will, chooses from this point where we're at now, I'm not just going to pray. I'm not just going to serve God. I'm not just going to make physical postures. It will be a literal extension of my spirit as I am reaching up, seeking God, begging God, asking God 
to hear from heaven, and it is a moving upward. How many people get their body in the right place, their spirit is the wrong spirit? Most people. How many people get their body right, and maybe their mind's present, they're thinking, uh, they might be focusing. Maybe they're thinking about heaven. Maybe they're praying to God in heaven. But in most cases, there is still this uh, emptiness, this vanity of just idle words. And the Bible says that it is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. If you want your prayers to get answered, you want an effect, you want God to hear, if you want God to send help, you have to have fervency, a reaching up, an extension of your heart, your desires, uh, these needs that you are expressing. So, seems pretty simple, but how do we know? You will know if you're fervent. And really, only you will know. Others can see the results. But you might say the same words. You might have the same physical posture. But it's between you and God if there is a reaching upward. A longing and a reaching upward. And I know the charismatic movement um, abuses that. A lot of Baptists are afraid to raise their hand. They get the old uh, sway going. Uh, it shouldn't be vain repetition. It shouldn't be idle. But, you know, all the great prayers, amen. You know, uh, what am I, what are you, you're reaching up. I'm reaching up. And the psalmist said, I will lift up my soul unto thee. And you lift it up um, by intent. And it's very, very spiritual. So if you look at the opposite, you're not going to get much effect in, through your prayer life with a lack of fervency. But with fervency, it will be effectual and it will avail much. Let me give you some examples of this. In Acts 18, uh, 25, says, being fervent in spirit, he spake these words. It wasn't um, cold, wasn't calloused, wasn't empty. It wasn't just words going forth. When he spoke, there was a extension going out of the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 7, 7, it says, Your fervent mind toward me. So we should have a fervent mind mind toward one another uh, in the body of Christ. We should have a fervent mind toward Christ in heaven, and we should have a fervency in our service for God, serving God with a fervent spirit. In 1 Peter 4, 8, it says we should have fervent charity among yourselves. It should be a reaching out uh, you know, how many people just go through the motions? I've, I've heard the stories. Somebody lives in the same house, doesn't really know the other person. You could eat at the same table, not really knowing the same person. You could sleep in the same bed, 
not really knowing the same person. And you could just speak idle words, almost like a robot. Uh, like in the old days, the, the man would come home from work. He'd take his shoes off. He'd put on his house shoes. He'd kick the ottoman up on the lazy boy. He'd put the paper in front of his face. And I mean, he'd be in a, and he'd look at that paper. And then his wife would say, supper's ready. It's on the table. He'd go over there. How was your day? That, that's too much fervency, excuse me. Uh, how, I can't be monotone right now. How was your day? Good, how was yours? Uh, nothing there. But people know if you're reaching out. They do. People know if you're genuine. It's not just a word. It's not just an expression. It's a fervent spirit. And when it heats up, it's moving, it's reaching, it's extending forward. What does the Bible tell us? That the elements will melt with a fervent heat at the judgment when God remakes the heaven and the earth. Colossians 4.12 says, laboring fervently in prayers. Now, are we laboring in prayer? Are we laboring fervently in prayer? In 1 Peter 1.22, it says, loving one another with a pure heart fervently. So the pureness of heart is you have to be true, you have to be genuine, you have to be complete. It's not just an idle saying. It's not just empty words. There's From your point of origin, you are going to lift up and extend with a fervent, hot, boiling spirit. Outreach. People will know if we're genuine. So, in the fervency of the Spirit, you have, number one, a temperature. What is the temperature? Boiling hot. Hot. Really hot. Not just pretty hot. Boiling temperature. Number two, you have a direction. It's going to move upward and outward. And then you have the intensity of the Spirit. It's a zealous Spirit. It is um, one that can be felt, one that can be expressed, one that can be received. So you have to have this, uh, it's basically a stretch. I was trying to think of some illustrations for this, but when you lose your change and you're in your and you're in the drive-thru, and it goes between your seat and, and that, that center console, and you're trying to give them exact change. Let's say it's $6.71, and you've got your, uh, your change ready, and then right at the last, you drop that penny. And then you're, you're like, you know, you got us, and then it's like, uh, and then you're feeling around, and you're hoping a scorpion's not down there. And you're feeling around, and you're pinching, and, you're, and then you're starting to pull stuff up you didn't know was down there. You'll find a pen and a paper clip and, uh, yeah, a Dorito, uh, all kinds of stuff's down there. And, and then you think, I know it's there, and 
You can always stretch a little further than you think you can. Always. And then you and then you then you can lengthen your joints, but that's what the word means. To stretch by intent, it's a direction, it has a nature, it has a temperature, and we can determine this by free will. You don't have to wait for somebody else to fire you up. You can fire yourself up. See, most people are sitting around waiting on something to happen. It's never going to happen until you let it originate within you. And when you decide, like the psalmist said, while I was musing, the fire burned. Now, we, we mention this quite often. I'll remind you of it. But the word muse means to think deeply, to think very, very deeply, and to give yourself to the thought process. As you do, you're going to start feeling something very, very deep and intense, and it will begin to burn. You can fire yourself up. Conversely, you can grow cold, uh, very, very cruel, very, very empty and uh, sullen and sad and downward. So the grief is going to sink. The sadness is going to sink. The sorrow, the disappointment, the failure, all these things are going to just sink deeper and deeper. You can change that by musing. Now, the word amuse, where we get the word amusement park, that means no thinking. Because what they want you to do is just get there, give yourself over to them, let them make you experience certain things, and then hopefully you'll have fun, which fun is not a, necessarily a good thing, um, but you will then go to the amusement park because they don't want you to think. So we see this in our society. They want to brainwash people, and they know if you've heard a lie enough times, you'll start thinking it's true. Don't think for yourself. Don't think. Don't get involved emotionally. Just amuse. Amuse yourself. Let them make you laugh. Let them determine the conversation. Let them determine uh, what you see, what you hear, and amuse. But biblically, you need to muse. You need to meditate day and night. And when you meditate on this book, it tells us what's going to happen. Psalm 1, all the benefits. And just like Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How do you do that? Meditating the right way. Now, how many people think about something and they're just kind of mulling it over and wonder what that means? Where is the reaching out, the fervent stretching by intent to lift upward to God as we are musing, as we're thinking deeply, as we are meditating? 
I've often said, um, I learned this a long time ago, if you're feeling cold, not physically, if you're feeling a little bit cold emotionally, maybe in your marriage or any relationship, if you know how to think, you can restore that relationship. If you start musing, the fire's going to burn. You know, all I have to do is think about uh, when I met my wife, how I met my wife, <laughs> very strange circumstances. And then um, she said yes when I asked her to marry me. She took my name. She left her family for me. She moved for me. Uh, all the sacrifices she's made for me, and then all the experiences of life that we've been through. Uh, over 40 years now, we've been together. And uh, after a while, I'll start, yeah, I, I love her. Not, not just saying it, you'll start feeling something. And so you can fire up by fervency. While I was amusing, the fire burned. So it's, but it's more than just an outward show. So let's look at some examples of this. Now, there's nothing wrong if this is genuine. You don't want to be a bunch of uh, copycats going through religious, you know, I pray all the time. I mean, lift up holy hands. Uh, all the, you know, pray, you know, amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, all the great men would do it and nothing to be embarrassed about if you're lifting up. Now, if you think, oh, everybody else is doing so, I got to do it too, then you're just being a copycat um, hypocrite. But if you think about it, how are you going to lift up your soul? How are you going to lift up holy hands and feeble knees? And we got the Old Testament example of uh, Aaron and her holding up the hands of Moses. What did Solomon do when he dedicated the temple? He lifted up his hands and intensely had a zealous fervency in reaching out to God. We need to reach out. We need to extend. We need fervency. So I want to read you just a few more examples of this. I'm going to go back to the Psalms. And we started in uh, Psalm 25, 1, but I want to read uh, Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, Selah. So you have this lifting up, lifting up the heads, lifting up the doors, lifting up the hands. In Psalm 28, verse it says, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. 
All right, Psalm 88. Let's just read a couple more. If I can turn to it. Psalm uh, 88, and look at verse 9. Now this is important. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction, Lord. I have called daily upon Thee. I have stretched out my hands unto Thee. Stretched them out. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Lift up your spirit. Have a boiling hot, fervent spirit. Let's look at Psalm 123. In verse 1, you know, a lot of Baptists think you have to bow your head and close your eyes to pray. <laughs> uh, look what it says, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that He have mercy upon us. So, you know, a church will say, all right, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. We're trying to get uh, the right spirit, no one looking around. Uh, you know, Oh, God, where, where did we get this where you, you have to pray and your eyes have to be shut and your head back? He said, lift up your head, lift up your eyes, lift up your hands. Now, I don't know if you want to do that in church. You can if you feel led. But this, this is the way you ought to pray. It ought to be urgent. It ought to be sincere. And it ought to be reaching out, reaching upward. And then lastly, let's look at uh, Psalm 143. And verse 6. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. If something happened and something, a problem occurred, and you really want to help, and you're true and genuine, and you see something begin to happen, you're going to reach out. Uh, you always, well, I couldn't get there in time. Uh, if you see somebody falling, you'll try to reach out and uh, help them not to fall or support the fall. And if someone is walking away and you truly don't want them to leave, please don't go. If someone is there and you want them to come, please come. You know, a, a, a welcome, and, and that's what the word confession means, is with open arms when Christ died on the cross, waiting to wrap His loving arms around uh, whosoever will may come. But you'll always reach forth. Um, there's always the reaching forth. Uh, you know, if, if you're too old to hold hands, uh, you're, you're too old. Uh, but, you know, uh, you can lose it. Um, you need to reach forth. There has to be an extension from the heart, but with a fervent spirit. And the psalmist said, I lift up my soul. Amen.
All right.